When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think he might be going to hospital on a no-call. I think he might be going to hospital. He can't see out of the eye, so I think they're going to have to take him to hospital. Um, that's what I've just heard on, on the way up here. So, again, it was a no-call. Um, we saw him get cannoned through last game with a no-call. Um, he's a premier player in this league, and he needs to be looked after. Not in the sense that he's looked after and give him everything silver service, but you can't be having guys losing vision on during the course of games and there'd not be a whistle. So, really disappointed. So not happy, Simon Mitchell, as I welcome in Kane. Uh, Kane, welcome. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year to you. And uh, you're right, Simon Mitchell has been, I would say the, the frustration has been building over the last few weeks that they've now lost four games in a row. Injuries uh, left, right and centre. But uh, it's always interesting to press conference with Simon. So do we have any update on how Mitch Creek is going? And does he have a point? We've seen a, a couple of coaches now in the last couple of weeks. The Cairns coach... Uh, wasn't happy with the treatment of uh, a pinder. And now we see Simon Mitchell with Mitch Creek. Has he got a point in terms of the, some of the, I guess, the physical treatment that Mitch Creek is receiving? Uh, I don't think so with this incident. And Mitch did post something on social media last night and he had the old uh, pirate patch over the eye, but he had a smile on his face. Luckily for the Phoenix, they don't play until next Monday, the 16th of January. So maybe uh, that gives them some time to get him back. But I watched this incident a few times and perhaps the camera angle wasn't the best, but it didn't look to me in real time or on replay that it was an obvious uh, whack to the face or rake of the eye. Clearly, it's a pretty serious injury, but out of all the the incidents that, that you could complain about, and I completely get why Simon Mitchell brought this up because of the injury that's occurred. But I didn't, I didn't see anything crazy here that this was a, a an obvious missed call because in real time, it was impossible to know what actually happened to Mitch. You had to go back and watch it a few times. It's a really interesting time of the season, uh, particularly for a few teams uh, due to the tennis, really. We know that uh, United and uh, Phoenix have to get on the road. We've seen it with the Wildcats as well, with the United Cup being played uh, over in Perth there on the road. John really has spoken about, you know, how tired they are and how that might have uh, played a hand in some of their results. United's going pretty well, and uh, it's got really tight for that fourth position uh, in the playoffs uh, with their win uh, over the Jack Jumpers. It is it's, it's a it is a tough time of the season for some teams, and um, I guess for the likes of United and Wildcats, they're just and Phoenix, they've got to try and hang in there at this time of the year. Yeah, it's crazy. I just got a text message from a, an owner of one of the teams that just said this next three weeks is about is going to be about as wild as we've ever seen in the NBL. So if you haven't been watching, now is the time to come in. So we're going to play in tournament this year with six teams. Uh, and as you pointed to, Jules, from four through to eight in the standings, there is only two games in the loss column separating these teams. So you've got Tasmania, Adelaide, the two Melbourne teams, and Perth. Two of those teams are going to miss out. And historically, this is not how it plays out. When the league introduced the playing tournament to have six teams in a 10-team league make the postseason. I looked at it and thought, geez, that's interesting to have so many teams in there. And historically, after sixth on the standings, there is a big drop-off in teams. It is never normally like this. This is a, a strange season, uh, incredibly even. And, uh, yeah, there are going to be two pretty good teams that are going to miss out on the postseason. And that's why the urgency is high for the Phoenix. They have 
a longer injury list than any of these teams. They were in excellent position. Uh, now they find themselves in real danger. And uh, to rub salt into the wound, as you pointed to, Melbourne United are coming with a rush after finally getting healthy themselves. So I can't predict which two teams are going to miss out. But uh, with all the things you mentioned, including the Australian Open taking away John Kane Arena, New Zealand having COVID uh, stuff last month, and now they have to play 11 games in January themselves, uh, it is going to be a wild ride. Yeah, it is an, an amazing table. And as you say, the Breakers have played 19 games. And then there's other teams like United that have played and Phoenix that have played 23. So uh, there is some matches uh, to make up. Just, I mean, we've talked about this NBL season that it is wildly unpredictable. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's tough to tip winners. But it still appears at this stage of the season, the Kings are the outstanding team. H- how big is the gap between the Kings and the rest, do you think? It's pretty big. Uh, I think the breakers are right there. Again, it's going to be a little bit difficult to to tell how they respond through this heavy, heavy January schedule that they've got. But uh, the Kings and the breakers, there is a gap to the rest of the league. There's no doubt. But I think the Kings are head and and shoulders above the rest. And if you pointed to anything that the Kings were struggling with this season, it's been offense. Uh, And they were still pretty good. But over this last three or four game stretch, they've gone absolutely nuts. And now they're now uh, back up in the top three offensively in the league. They have the best defense in the league and they've only lost five games all season and they haven't been blown out. I think the biggest loss out of those five games uh, was an eight point loss. So they they just don't get blown out. They're difficult to beat uh, and defense wins championships in the NBL and they've got the best uh, lineup in the league. As you mentioned, we're talking to Kane Pittman from ESPN Australia. As you mentioned, the top eight teams, it's it's pretty tight. The Kings have got 15 wins and you go down to, to eighth position. United have got 11, but there's two teams that are cast adrift at the bottom. We know the Hawks are struggling, two wins. What is going on in Brisbane? There has been so much angst at that club, changes in coaching. I mean, how's it all gone so wrong for the Bullets when a lot of people pre-season thought they could be a title contender? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, going back right to the start of the season when James Duncan was head coach originally of this team, one of three coaches they've had this season, I, I thought it was to be expected that they were going to start slow. They played five of their first six games on the road. And additionally, that Aaron Baines coming back after a, a lengthy injury absence, as uh, most people would be aware of. Tyler Johnson, their star import guard, used to be in the NBA. He hadn't played uh, any basketball really in the 18 months. And then Nathan Sobey was trying to come back uh, from long-term knee stuff. So their three best players were heavily impacted by injury and underdone coming into the season. So you expected that there was going to be a slow start. But that's where the frustration built up. They uh, parted ways with James Duncan, the head coach. They brought in Sam McKinnon, who was the GM. He only lasted two or three weeks. And then there was uh, some inner turmoil with the club. And now they went to their third coach. And the players aren't happy. Uh, there has been unrest right throughout that club. And, and you see it in some of the performances. I mean, uh, you watch the Bullets some games. And they look like they flat out don't care uh, about uh, trying to win games or trying to be competitive. So it is a real shame because they did build this up in the preseason as a as a chance for this club to return to the postseason for the first time in many years. Yeah, it's been an absolute shocker for the Brisbane Bullets. I tell you who's not having a shocker. That's Josh Giddy right now. Five of his last seven games, 20 points are over. And just to explain... In his uh, sort of draft year, one of the knocks on Josh Giddy was his three-point shooting, but uh, he's been working on it, and it seems to be it worked really well. Yeah, he's in a really uh, nice vein of shooting form at the moment. As you pointed to, uh, uh, the scoring binge over the last few games has been great, but this actually followed on from the entire month of December where it was his most efficient 
scoring months of his NBA career. Now, he's only in, in year two, but he averaged 16 points per game, but he was scoring more efficiently at the basket than he ever has before. He was shooting better from three than he ever has uh, before as well. And he's carried that through to January where he's actually up at 50% from three, which is yeah, perhaps not sustainable, but he is, he is red hot right now. And the Thunder are an interesting team, super young, but they're only a game and a half out of a playing spot right now. And we've still got half an NBA season to go. So Giddy, if you thought that the, the rookie season was uh, above expectations, I think that would be certainly fair enough, but he's gone to a new level. And it's interesting because it doesn't seem like he gets the same level uh, of attention that he did as a rookie, which we get. And there's Dyson Daniels doing great things. Josh Green doing great things in the NBA. But Giddy has quietly, uh, definitely taken another step or two uh, in year two with the Thunder. So it's, it's an article I read on Fox Sports. He's been working with renowned shooting coach Chip Engeland. Can you tell us a little bit, Chip, and what other players he's worked with? Yeah, spent a, a long time in the NBA. He's worked with some of the some of the great shooters across the league. And really, he was a guy that uh, many teams have been trying to, to get a hold of uh, to get, uh, for this reason, for their young uh, shooters to, to uh, improve and, and take great strides. And he's been in the NBA. I mean, he, he is 61 years old now, and they still say that he is a, a shooting wizard. He spent 17 years with the San Antonio Spurs organization working with Greg Popovich and all those great shooters that the Spurs have had over the years. And the Thunder were able to prize him away from the Spurs, which is remarkable in itself because most people figured that he would just stay with Greg Popovich and the Spurs for a long, long time. But uh, it clearly, it's working for Giddy so far. And uh, the shot doctor is uh, getting the job done with Josh. Yeah, it's great to see. Uh, just on the NBA at the moment, there's been some bizarre results in the last week or so. You know, the Celtics getting thrashed. Uh, by the Thunder, we saw the Bucks get uh, you know thrashed by the Hornets. Um, it's there's some wildly sort of unpredictable results going on at the moment. Who who is the best team right now? And I think probably the last time we spoke, uh, the Nets were in turmoil, and all of a sudden they look like a, a serious championship contender. Yeah, I mean, there's a few reasons for why the results are so wild. I mean, firstly, teams' ability to shoot the ball from the outside and offensively get hot means that any team can win on any given night. And as you pointed to, the Thunder, not only did they put 150 up on the Celtics, they had 122 points through three quarters against uh, the team with the best record in the NBA. So the offense is one part of it. And the other part of it is just straight up availability. There's guys that will take nights off. If there's any type of niggle or injury, they won't play back-to-back. So availability is is a big cause for that as well. The Nets, are interesting because I always thought they were a wild card in the East because of the talent that they have, because of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But the thing is that most people are like, well, are they ever going to get it together? Are they going to be able to hold steady throughout the entire NBA season and get to the postseason? Now, they're doing it right now. I was listening to a, a, an ESPN podcast with uh, Nick Friedel, who was who covers the team, and he was talking about the Nets the other night. And he said, look, there are still very nervous people with every press conference with every media availability that something is going to go wrong for this team. But if they stay healthy, if they stay focused, uh, the Nets are, are without doubt a, a championship threat with Boston uh, in, in the Eastern Conference. And just looking at the best players in the NBA at the moment, I mean, LeBron James is playing some decent basketball, even though he's <laughs> recently turned 38. Who knows where LeBron uh, will be uh, next season. But the best three players in the NBA not right now, you would argue, are European. Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, of those three, do you have one as sort of favourite for the MVP? And just, is this a sign of things to come, just with the quality of player coming over from Europe and, and having a real mark on the NBA? 
Yeah, it's really interesting because if you go back over the last four years, Giannis won two MVPs, so he went back-to-back, and then uh, Nikola Jokic followed it up with back-to-back MVPs of his own. So the last four years, the MVP has gone to uh, these European players that you speak of, and I think Luka Doncic is probably the favourite to win it this year. It's uh, very, very difficult to win an MVP three years in a row, and a big reason for that is that the award is actually voted on by 100 media members will put in their votes uh, for the MVP. And typically, if you haven't won a title, people start to, to, to hold that against you, even though it's a regular season award. So Giannis won two. He actually, his season was better than the previous two, but he fa- he'd failed in the postseason. So he didn't win the MVP. Then Jokic went through and won his two. Uh, Doncic is the new face. And he's putting up 45, 50 points, 60 point nights as well. So yeah, I think it is a nod to... The, the rising powers in, in Europe and international basketball, but also within the NBA. So, yeah, if I had to uh, take a pick right now, I think Luka Doncic is looking like the guy that uh, maybe will win his first MVP. Just before I let you go, we talk, you talked about the scoring before, and you, know, and you just said there, some of the numbers that uh, individuals are putting up and teams are putting up are, are off the charts, really. I heard Greg Popovich talking about it the other day. If is this is this going to be the new norm, or do you or do you see a time? We see like in AFL football, there's shifts and and things change. Can you see it scaling back a little bit and defenses start to bridge the gap a little bit, or or with the quality of three point shooters out there now, is this just the way it's going to be? That that, that that it's going to be pretty much high scoring games every time you switch on an NBA game. I think so. I think this is the way it's going to be. This was last Wednesday. I looked this up, but. Uh, so a few days ago now, but there was 87 40-point games this season already. I think there was only 117 last season, and we're only halfway through. So it's absolutely absurd. And you're exactly right, Jules, when you talk about the three-point shooting. But it's not just the fact that they're shooting threes. They're shooting them from further and further and further <laughs> out as well. So it's actually impossible to defend because you talk about having space on the basketball floor. It seems to happen to defend all the way to the half-court line just about uh, at the moment, which just creates so much space. The athletes are better. They're stronger. They're more powerful than they've ever been as well. So I, I don't know how it turns around, to be honest. I, I think this is this is what we're looking at now for NBA basketball. Yeah, it's certainly exciting to watch. And uh, as we said off the top, uh, plenty going on in the NBL. United making a charge. Phoenix uh, just hit the skids uh, at the moment. Uh, Kane, as always, thanks so much for your time. Cheers, Jules. Always a great to have a coffee catch-up with Kane Pittman from ESPN. Need a little afternoon treat. Head to drive through for the deluxe iced coffee range from McCafe. Let's get a break away. Let's talk a bit of tennis after the break and also a little bit more. We'll play the audio from Pat Cummins and also Steve Smith on the DRS. Uh, you can give us a call at any time, one 736 736 Send through a 40 Wings temper text, 433 This is mornings for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now. In 2022, the driver's seat had all the big names, like Scott McLaughlin. I mean, of all the things that you've won...